When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brad Edwards on the Out of Bounds Show and the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Uh, All right, so Bama's been in a meltdown mode for a while. And I just want to be honest, there's a lot of teams in the SEC fans that have been enjoying some of this. Uh, You know, I'm in constant communication with Ron Fowler, who has a a show in Tuscaloosa. And so now we've gone back-to-back years. Bama didn't even make it this year, Brad. And now... They're the they're the hunter instead of the hunted because let's just Kirby Smart has leapfrogged Bama right now and they are the program in college football. And what do you hear from your Alabama colleagues, alums, and so on about where this is where this is headed? Yeah, I don't know that I hear anything that um, you know would be surprising or you know, out of the ordinary. Um, Obviously, this is the first time uh, during this Saban run that there's no doubt that someone has passed Alabama. You, do, you had the, the time where Clemson won two national titles in the three-year span, but Alabama won the one in between the two that Clemson won, and they also won the one before Clemson started, and then they won again before Clemson ever won again. So, I mean, there were people at a certain point that were trying to make an argument that, you know, maybe Clemson has passed Alabama or at least caught them. But in this case, uh, when you win two in a row, then th- there's, there's no question um, that you are now the team to beat. And, and Georgia is. And so Alabama, like you said, they are the hunters. They're not the hunted. Georgia is the hunted in the SEC uh, and, and nationally. Now, I mean, to, to keep it in perspective, you know, Alabama still finished number two and number five in those two seasons, and it's not, it's not like they fell off a cliff. But you're, you're looking at uh, a lot of unknown going into the season because it's not just that, okay, now they're you know clearly the number two team in the SEC. But on top of it, uh, they are replacing both coordinators. Uh, they are replacing their starting quarterback. And uh, where do they go from here? I don't know, but it's one of those that you feel like if this were to result in another season that they didn't reach the, the college football playoff or they, they don't win the SEC, um, you know, then I think the people who want to declare the dynasty over really have a lot of ammunition. At this point, look, the, the best argument you have is, is simply that uh, Saban's getting older. You know, I mean, because the results on the field have, while while it's shown that Alabama um, is not at the level of Georgia, it, it's not like the rest of the country has caught up to Alabama. Um, so I, I think I, I think you got to go one more look. And the other thing about it is that since Saban got there, they have never gone more than two years in a row without winning the national title, and that's right. where they are right now, two in a row. They they two years in a row they didn't win it, but they, they're. There haven't there hasn't yet been three straight years without winning it, and so if they don't do it here, then you can say, okay, this is this is new ground. This is the longest drought that they've had, and um, and we'll you know we'll see where it goes. But uh, 
But at this point, you know, for, for all those who have been hoping for the end of this thing for about 10 years, um, this, is the, uh, this is the first time you're finally starting to see just a little twinkle of light at the end of that tunnel. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it. After a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to, and I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day, and that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. And Brad, he took advantage, and there's nothing wrong with this, over 12 years, about 12 years. Saban took advantage of uh, Tennessee, uh, Florida, Auburn, and LSU going through a lot of dysfunction with with coaches and so on. And while Georgia was good, they weren't ever going to get over the hump and really be what they are under uh, under Smart with Mark Rick. So now all of a sudden you flip this, Brad Edwards, and you have Heupel operating at a pretty darn high level at Tennessee. You have Smart, who's running the number one program in the country now. Uh, you have Hugh Freeze at Auburn. I fully expect them to win and win big. They, they're they not going to win like Bama and Georgia every year, but I, I don't put it past Freeze to have good teams every three years. And I don't, I don't think he'll fall apart at five and seven or anything. And LSU's got Brian Kelly, who I think they are operating at a very high level under him, much more than than Miles Ogeron. And we'll see what Florida does. Do you agree with that? That you know that twelve year window and Saban took advantage of it in tip of the cap, but it is totally different today with what I just referenced. Yeah, I think there is a difference as far as the the, the quality depth of coaching in the SEC and, and guys who are proven, you know, at, to you know, to have had success at a very high level. That's the difference. Now, during this run that Saban has had, it's not like the SEC has been bad. Like you pointed out, they've been inconsistent, you know, because because during this run, um, you, you've had other schools in the SEC that have won national championships. And, and I would, uh, you know, throw on top of that, that the 2019 LSU team and – it's funny, like, there was a lot of conversation right after the national championship game this year about, was this Georgia team the greatest one ever? I don't think they were as good as the previous year's Georgia team. I thought I thought the, the 2021 team with the dominant defense was, was actually a little bit better. But people go off, you know, it's a recency bias. They're going off of the score of the national championship game. They forget they were one play away from losing in the semifinal. Um, but, uh, but regardless, those were two great teams that Georgia had the last two years. So, so three of the last four years, well, I'll say four years in a row, four years in a row, the national champion has been a team from the SEC that was a great team, not just the one that happened to come out on top, but a great 
team when you look at, at all of the metrics. And only one of the four was an Alabama team. So it's, it's not like they haven't had to contend um, with other great teams in the SEC over that span, but, it, but there, there wasn't the consistency, like you said. You know, LSU was, for a lot of that time, just a quarterback shy of, of being that, that monumental threat to Alabama's dynasty. But, they, but they, until Joe Burrow, they didn't ever have that guy. And, and I agree right. with you. that I think Brian Kelly is the, is the best coach in college football who has not yet won a national title at yes. the FBS level. And, uh, and, and look, if, if Les Miles and Coach O can win a national title at LSU, there's no reason that Brian Kelly shouldn't have a few very good chances before he's done. And, yeah, I mean, all of this, uh, it's just, you know what it is, is, is if you look at, okay, Georgia's 2023 schedule, and I'm sure you've looked at it. Yes. I mean, it's hard to find a game on there. Like, if, if Tennessee doesn't cakewalk. drop off too much, oh, yeah, if Tennessee doesn't drop off too much, maybe there's a chance they could get knocked off in Knoxville. But that's pretty much it. Like, and, and Alabama used to have schedules like that, where you'd look at it beforehand, you'd be like, you know what, there's one game right here that maybe they could lose, uh, but they're just that much better than everyone else. And, and that's no longer the case, you know, where they're going to be – three or four games on the Alabama schedule. Now, look, I mean, most teams in the country probably have eight or nine games they could possibly lose. But, but Alabama, rather than one or two, we're now going up to three or four games that they could possibly lose each season. And that just makes it more difficult. But I will also add, that's where the 12-team playoff becomes Alabama's friend. No doubt. Uh, and I would also add to the, the, the friend of Georgia and the friend of Ohio State, any of the teams that have that elite talent, now you have a little bit of a mulligan. It's not just that you can you, – you for the most part, could always afford one loss. Now you can probably afford to lose two. Mm-hmm. And so we got one more year that you, you can't get away with losing two. Um, but, you know, last year's Alabama team lost two games on the final play, and they would have comfortably been in the, the 12-team playoff. Absolutely. And, and, you know, would have had a, a really good seating. So as much as it, it may seem like, okay, now it, it's kind of time to panic, no, I think that the 12-team the playoff um, you know, is going gonna, is gonna to offer a little bit of relief to the situation. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest-growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. He is Brad Edwards on the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, 25 years at ESPN. We're talking Alabama, where they are, where they're going. Uh, both Bama and Georgia will have new quarterbacks. And, and so that will be interesting to see who can do it and, and be in the right spot. I agree with Brad on Georgia's schedule and on Bama's schedule. It's hard to see a loss on Bama's schedule because they host LSU and they host Tennessee. They're two road games that Brad referenced that they lost at the very end of the game. They lost on the road, um, which goes to show that they were not very, very far off. What, what did you make of, I don't know if it's public humiliation, but, You know, Ryan Grubb, I don't want to get too bogged down because I know you're in real estate now. And, and, but Ryan Grubb, <laughs> OC at Washington. Yeah. You know, he, 
it, it was a public deal where he went, he visited, he said no. The, evidently, according to AL.com, there were feely, feelers put out to Joe Moorhead. He wanted to stay as a head coach. Eventually, Saban lands on Tommy Reese. But that's usually not what happens to Bama, much less Saban, for something right. like that to be played out in the press and media, Brad. Well, and I would say it happened with both offensive and defensive coordinators. Neither hire, as, as you know, Kevin Steele, um, I don't know if he's officially been announced, but all the reports are that Kevin Steele will be the defensive coordinator. Um, that neither one of those feels like it was anywhere close to Saban's first choice. Now, you know, is, is, is that, does that mean it's a disaster? Um, n- not necessarily, but I, I'll say this. Like, well, you mentioned Grubb. Grubb's offense or his, the, the way that, the way that uh, his offenses um, have, been, have been schemed, I guess is kind of the best way to say it. His, his scheme, his philosophy um, is very different from Tommy Reese. And now, granted, to, to some degree, Tommy Reese has always been limited by Notre Dame's personnel, and they always they had better tight ends and wide outs, and you know, and, and so they were they were going to be a, a more traditional style attack because of that. Because if you're playing to your strengths, if you're smart, you're going to play to your strengths, and that's kind of what you're stuck with. So maybe it's unfair to completely judge Tommy Reese on that. Um, and, and and a lot of Alabama fans right now are kind of justifying. Okay, this is what. Saban's doing is like he looked at Georgia and look I I I listened to Saban on the set at halftime of the of the national championship game um, and even a little bit pregame just talking about what Georgia does with its tight ends and how difficult it is to stop um, and 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 I get it I get like why he would say hey you know maybe we need to go back to that style of play but the fact that he appeared to want grub doesn't necessarily suggest that that's that that was his number one objective. Uh, now, wh- this is pretty much known, is that whenever he hires a coordinator, that coordinator doesn't come in and install his own system. Right. Like he, he adapts to Saban's philosophy and what Saban wants to do. So it's not like you know the, the difference in coordinator would have made a huge difference in how the Alabama offense would look, um, but it would have made some difference. And, and so you look at both of those hires, and, yeah, it does feel like um, – to a degree, maybe he was settling for a you know third option or something like that, and I, you know, I, I don't I don't know uh, all the ins and outs of it and who was offered and who wasn't, uh, but but neither one seems to be the one that he wanted. Now on the defensive side, the rumor has been that he really wants Jeremy Pruitt. Right. The problem is, is Pruitt is you know is is a target of the NCAA investigation at Tennessee right now. And you just can't hire. He's not hireable as a, you know, as an on-the-field coach at this point because of that. And and so the the rumor was that a lot of these other guys that Saban was going after were worried that hey, I'm going to take the job, and then as soon as the NCAA clears Pruitt, now I'm going to be replaced, you know, because that's the guy he wants. So whether that played into it, I, I have no idea. But but you're right. I mean, it certainly felt like for the first time. Saban was not able to get the, uh, you know, the coordinator that he wanted on either side of the ball. At least his number one option, and uh, and, it, and it's even more curious when you consider it coming off of one of the great uh, signing classes of all time. Um, so it's it, it's not like there's evidence that their talent level is dropping. You would think. I mean, what coordinator wouldn't want to come in and you know work with uh, 
with talent that's as good as you're going to find anywhere. But, uh, but well, here's what I think it is, Brad. To. I think it's, uh, and you may disagree. We got about two and a half minutes here, real quick. I, I think it's uh, the word is out about the schedule and lack of quality of life, and guys can get paid at every bit of forty programs around the country. And if they do well, they can parlay that into a head coaching job. You don't have to go through Tuscaloosa like I think we thought you did twelve years ago or whatever, and. Um, they don't have autonomy, like you just said. And and more and more coordinators are asking for either all or as much autonomy as they can get. Your thoughts? Yeah, I can see that. If you want to show, you know, what you can do, um, it, it's it's a lot it's a lot easier to to display your your own system and your your own scheme somewhere else where where you're given full control. But at the same time, I mean, his his coordinators have a pretty good track record of getting head coaching jobs sure. elsewhere. And now the two most recent ones, you know, felt like, I mean, with, you know, Golding, I mean, look, it, defensive coordinator at Ole Miss is a good job, but it's not Alabama. That was a, that was a, a step down for Golding. Um, but, you know, for, for O'Brien going to offense coordinator of the Patriots, um, I mean, yeah, he's going to the NFL, back to the NFL, and it's a step up to some degree, but at the same time, it, it wasn't really a promotion. He just went from, you know, he went back to one other guy he, he used to work for. And so um, this was this is kind of the first time in a while that, you know, that guys who were with Saban for two seasons or more, that, that you know, neither one of them ended up getting a big career break mm-hmm. out of it. And so uh, maybe maybe that is something that was considered by some of those guys too. I don't know. Yeah. Brad Edwards. 25 years at ESPN, joining us on the Out of Bounds show, the state of the state for the Alabama Crimson Tide. We'll see where it uh, where it goes in 2023. Great to hear from you. Thanks for your time today. Hope everything's going well. How's the podcast? Well, I mean, at the end of the season, there's nothing now, so we're 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 shut down. And you know, whether I'll do something again next year uh, remains to be seen. But um, yeah, but. Uh, at, at the moment, it's just off season. So, yeah. uh, like you said, it's real estate. <laughs> did you did you enjoy doing it? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was nice to be able to just kind of stay involved and you know be able to um, talk about it every now and then and, and just kind of get into it. Uh, it's a hard thing to kind of let go of, but uh, but I'm I'm fine with um, doing something else full time and just just kind of having college football as a hobby now. Brad Edwards on the Out of Bounds Show. Good to hear from you, bud. We'll talk soon. All right. Thanks for having me. 25 years at ESPN. He joined us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Lunch today brought to you by Bulldog Burger in Ridgeland, Lake Harbor. In Ridgeland, Bulldog Burger in Startville, and Bulldog Burger in Tupelo. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. The show is also brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. It's good to be blue, the official health care provider of the Out of Bounds Show. Blue Cross, Blue Shield of Mississippi. Straight ahead, more Super Bowl nuggets.